Hello, and welcome to Haunted Texas and Beyond, a podcast created by RenegadeRadio.net and Austin Ghost Tours. I'm your host, Janine Plummer, and I'm here with my co-worker, Monica Ballard, who leads the Paranormal Investigations at Pioneer Farms. Hello, everyone. Join us. Hey, join <laughs> us as we take a short trip just north of Austin to Pioneer Farms, also known as the Jordan Bachman Pioneer Farms. So, yes, you said hi. Well, welcome, Monica, to the podcast Pioneer Farms Craziness Number Two. Um, <laughs> you're certainly not new to this podcast. This podcast is a review of the last few months. And it's going to take us through the summer, a lot of the summer of 2023, which brought us four supermoons. You know, it was just a really good year. It was really, yeah, really really active time at the farm. Uh, I think because of the triple digit heat relentlessly hitting us week after week, there were not as many visitors to the farm And so the animals missed everyone. The ghosts missed everyone. And uh, yeah, so when people showed up, it was it was like, hey. (laughs) So was it the ghost saying hey? And the animals. And the animals. (laughs) I know Um, we would make the rounds to open up the buildings uh, so that uh, we could venture in during the investigation. It was usually around sundown, and and that's when the volunteers would show up not soon after to feed the animals. And so they would always come around and expect me to have food for them, and I would I would always have to disappoint them. Yeah, I'm not here for that purpose. Um, <clears throat> that is great that you were you know will remember as this podcast will become history. Uh, the summer of 2023, being at the farm and 105 degrees at eight o'clock at night. Night after night, Ugh. and I mean, and we we definitely kept the comfort of the customers and you, yes, as in the forefront, <laughs> the leader, uh, in the forefront of our mind. And um, you I took to, some, uh, yeah, I, t- I took to uh, taking water and Gatorade for guests, as well as a big bag of washcloths that I would ice down during the investigation. And then when everybody came back to base camp where we started from, I'd say, I have a, I have a parting gift for everyone. And I'd open up that bag and, and oh my God, the, the cries of relief. They were almost weeping with, with relief as they, as they wiped down with a cold washcloth. Yeah. I mean, that is just, yeah. It's interesting how how we change in those depths of challenging. Like, never would think a cool cloth would just like be like weep worthy, but it was. Um, You're gonna figure out to do hot towels during the winter. (laughs) I don't know how I'm gonna do that, but gosh, when the winters are coming. Um, But what was really interesting this this last few trips to Pioneer Farms was there were supermoons. You know, how is it different or similar or not at all being at the farm when there's like a super moon versus on the other, we are there on the third Saturday every month, maybe when there's waxing gibbons or no moon at all? Like, what's the difference? The 
the the super moons and full moons in general, uh, particularly on clear nights, just cast such a a welcoming glow over this dark, dark area of Austin that is without electricity of any sort. Once you get past the main entranceway, there, there's, there, there are just no lights, and so it's very helpful uh, to to have it shining along the pebbles along the Chisholm Trail. Whereas during dark of the moon, or you know, it could be cloudy on that third Saturday of the month, or whatever. Uh, it, but it's a good thing I hand out flashlights, and yeah, everyone has a flashlight. We'll wave them off and say, "No, I'll be fine." I go, "No, you won't. You really need <laughs> this because at any moment you may step in a gopher hole or something. This is farmland. This this is very rough terrain, and we've got puddles to meander around and and um, mud, and it's very. You really, really get a sense of what it was like uh, living out there in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And why the moon played such a significant part in everyone's life or lack thereof. Absolutely. And I imagine it's much more scary out there when it is super dark. So Pioneer Farms is for those of you who don't know or are listening and are not from Austin or from Austin and don't know Pioneer Farms. Pioneer Farms is a living history museum. It is a collection of buildings that have been brought from areas around Texas that would otherwise have been demolished or destroyed. And the Pioneer Farms belief and goal is to maintain history as best we can. So a lot of the buildings have been brought there. Um, and, you know, shout out to CEO Michael Ward, who has made a lot of those buildings appear and not get demolished. Some of the buildings have been sort of made into a circle and it's called Sprinkle Corner, um, and it's named for the town of Sprinkle that no longer exists, that was also in North Austin. But so some of these buildings are more haunted than others, and we're going to start with some of, obviously, the ones that are haunted, but we're going to review some of the, go back and hear EVPs and, you know, sound anomalies from places we have been before in Pioneer Farms episode one, but um, this particular location, the Wessel House, the Wessel Building, what, is uh, one that we didn't talk about before. What is that building? What do you know about its history? Wessels Hall uh, sort of anchors the south side of Town Square. It's a one-story wooden building, and it's surrounded by big, large decks. And it was a community center common to many small towns in the in the late 1800s. Most of them were known as dance halls. And uh, this one was built around 1900. It came from a community called West Point, a small community in Fayette County near LaGrange. And uh, starting in the 1850s, dance halls were very, very popular social centers across Texas. And they were really a, a key reason why Texas's rich music culture thrived the way that it did from, you know, German polkas to western swing to you know the the latino music that we hear today it was built by two brothers and it features a, a what they call a free span interior floor and by that we mean that it's an open dance floor with no supporting poles to run into which is very useful if you're two-stepping and you're moving yeah. backwards <laughs> Boom. yeah 
And that's it's very typical of the late 1800s and early 1900s. And it was donated to Pioneer Farms by built the builder's family and was moved to Pioneer Farms in late 2012. Okay, so Pioneer Farms is available to rent for weddings or events or birthday parties or, you know, private investigations. And that is the building that people are renting. That is that is where, you know, these other buildings are little museums, but that building is where the public is. Recently, there was a theater production there, which they do, again, at Pioneer Farms, but a few times a year, theater productions in that building. Um, and they had a, an experience that you went out to, to, to see the show and they shared something with you. Yes. Yes. So the archive theater, I mean, they're, they're sort of like the theatrical version of Pioneer Farms. They, <laughs> they, uh, they do new takes on, on classic literature and, uh, create theater pieces. And the, the particular production that I saw was based on the stories of Edgar Allan Poe. And so it was a really creepy vibe, particularly in that space, right? Because it's old and creaky and you're walking around these wooden floors and they had, oh my goodness, like a, a 10 piece live orchestra to wow. set the mood and, and play ambient music throughout and, and transitions and that, and that sort of thing. And the uh, producers were telling me that they were, they were going over a few of the numbers before letting the audience in. And as they were going through the musical numbers, a banjo that was sitting on its stand, they could hear the strings being plucked. Now, it's very common that when you play a loud chord on, on, a, on a piano that you will hear it vibrate like in a, in a drum or something like that. Right. It's not like that. This was not a vibration. This was like the strings being plucked. Yep. Bing. Okay. Like that. And everybody, everybody stopped and 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 kind of did a double take toward the banjo. It was kind of like, I, can, I think someone wants to join in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there there was that experience. I'd also heard of a story that took place a couple of years back when uh, a theater company was just closing up their show and moving everything out, and they were waiting for someone from the farm to come back and check the space and make sure that uh, everything was gone and the space was still all in one piece. And while they were waiting, this was during the cold weather season, they just suddenly heard this tremendous roar of equipment, like some machinery had turned on or something like that. And then, and then it just went and went away. And when the person from the farm came in, they, they described the sound. And the person from the farm pointed over towards a corner where an oil stain on the floor was. And they said, did it come from over there? They said, yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, that's where the furnace used to be. The building remembers where the furnace used to be. That's a good story. Okay, we haven't heard that one before. That's a, that's <laughs> a first. And then so uh, also in the what we call Sprinkle Corner is the Orsay House. Now, the Orsay House was featured in Pioneer Farms Episode 1, which everyone can go back and listen to. But there's more stories. Um, so we're going to feature it again. And we're also going to have an EDP along with this at the end of this, this story. But what's the story of the clock? So for the longest time, we would we were not allowed inside uh, the Orsay house. And I think once the, the farm got to know us and trusted us, 
they allowed us access into the building. And our first time in the building, we were standing there in the hallway. Um, Dennis Foley, who was featured in part one, he was our equipment manager at the time. He had all the high-end audio equipment. He would generally be under headphones listening to his parabolic shotgun microphone, which was a very, very sensitive instrument. And so uh, in this EVP, I'll ask him, <clears throat> ask, uh, is Mr. Orsay here? Uh, and you'll hear like a clock chime and then the sound of like a clock mechanism, like a, uh, like that, like gears moving or something right. like that. And a voice afterwards that in playing it for guests, over and over again, everyone seems to have come to the consensus that it says, I move that. Is there someone in the house that wants to come and talk to us? That, what was that? We got some buzzing going on? No, there was like a- like Someone's peak, someone's peak is going off? Ding, ding, like a clink. Yeah, it was yeah. like a, like a metal, like a clock or clock something. clink, yeah, that's what it sounds like. That wants to come and talk to us. That wants to come and talk to us. Wants to come and talk to us. Wants to come and talk to us. And remember, we and we were this first time in the building. We did not realize that in an adjoining room where we were standing there was a clock on the wall. It wasn't running, it's never was going <laughs> But it was there. Um, and we we heard a clock chime, the movement of the mechanism and a voice saying, I move that. Okay, so you heard that sound in the other room where the clock was not. We heard it in the hallway where we were. Oh, so therefore it could have possibly once been in the hallway. Maybe. And that would explain the statement. We move that, right? I move that. Yeah, I move that. I mean, if everyone was, was, did everybody hear the clock? I'm saying yeah. it seems like, yeah. So, in, so, so that address, so I bet you that clock used to be in the hallway. In the, in the, in the, the sound that we're about to play for you, you'll hear, you'll hear me say, what, what, what was that? And several people will describe the same thing. And we gradually come to the, to the realization that it sounded like a clock. There's someone in the house that wants to come and talk to us? That. That, what was that? We got some buzzing going on? No, there was like a like someone a peak, ping. someone's peak is going off? Ding ding like a clink. Yeah, it was yeah. like a like a metal like a clock or clock something. Clink. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. That wants to come and talk to us? That. that wants to come and talk to us? Wants to come and talk to us? Wants to come and talk to us? Okay. Uh wow. I'm gonna gamble that that clock was in the hallway. And I don't know, I'd like to know more about the significance of that clock. And I'll uh well maybe in, if if we have an episode three, we'll answer that question. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us from the Worst Day House? Yeah, uh, you know, it's 
it's never a good feeling when you when you go home and two weeks later when you're going through the recording evidence, you find something that makes you feel as though you let them down at the time. You let whoever was there down. In what context could that possibly happen? They wanted to communicate and they couldn't. Yeah, they they wanted to communicate. They did communicate, but we did not hear them communicate until two weeks later. I see. So that's how we let them down. Okay. Yes. Yes. And and you you just I know I I, I get kind of crestfallen when I get a message like we got uh, in June of 2023 when um where where was that was that at the orsay house we were in in the orsay house and we were standing in the back kitchen area and we were talking about when exactly the house was moved and i was not quite certain at the time i was talking with someone else about was it 2004 i remember seeing a lot of uh stuff online about are we going to move it are we not going to move it and i there was no definitive date until later on when i found out from the people at the farm that um it was moved in 2009 but you'll hear us kind of talking about that and someone gets very very close to the headset mic that i'm wearing because i wear a little amp at my at my waist so everyone in the group can hear me and you, someone gets very, very up close to my mic and offers this cry for help. I found the other day that it was 2007. Okay, because the date that I got was 1987. That does create a feeling of somehow letting them down. I, I understand that. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> It's like, oh, and and I walked away. I walked away that night and just left. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's upsides and then there's confusion. Um, and so let's see, going, going out and now we're leaving Sprinkle Corner into some of the buildings. So thank you for sharing with us. I mean, help, help us is something that I think we'll all be thinking about. What does that mean? And, re, you know, looking into that f further. But then um, when we leave the Sprinkle Corner area, um, there is there's a field that's there. And sometimes it has longhorns or cows. <laughs> and um, it's it's near my, fav my favorite part of the farm, which is the Chisholm Trail. To me, the Chisholm Trail, maybe it's because I've read so many books, but I can just, you, you can feel the animals the humans the the cow hands the, just the, all the life and wagons and people walking on foot that you know traversed the land and it was just a path from one place to another um and it just see it just seems full of life but the the ghosts there are not necessarily the chisholm trail but you can see them from the chisholm trail which is the field what's happening in that field yeah, so along the Chisholm Trail there, there's a, a, a little bit of underbrush. And then in certain spots, you can look through that underbrush into a, an expansive field. And I've heard from um, people on the farm saying that every now and then during the day, that 
visitors to the farm will see a, an older gentleman in the field, long pants, long sleeve, white shirt, maybe rolled up, operating a plow, like an old fashioned plow, not a tractor or anything like that. A plow. When you walk behind. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he'll he'll stop and he'll wave it and they'll wave back. And then when they get to the to the general store or the office again, they'll say, you know, I'm all for authenticity and all, but that old man in the field, he's gonna die out there. <laughs> it's a Texas summer. <laughs> he's gonna have a heart attack. Does he really need to be plowing that field the old-fashioned way? And they'll say, oh, no, no, it's okay. He's already dead. That's the ghost of Mr. Giles, who owned the property and donated it to Pioneer Farms. Pioneer Farms, too. Yeah. And, in fact, Giles Road that you may see, no, I'm sorry, Giles Lane uh, off of Highway 290 is named for Mr. Giles. Interesting. So he was a large property owner. That's yep. funny. <laughs> um, okay, that there, that's a lighter lighter ghost there. But um, whatever we do, we have to talk about Devil's Gate. Devil's Gate. <laughs> now we're gonna we're taking you, the listener, a little bit deeper into the farm. So now we're out of Sprinkle Corner. We have traversed the Chisholm Trail, and Pioneer Farms isn't just. A little town it's also what was farm life what was rural life like so they have created that and maintained that and the one of those is the kruger family farm and what is it you have to go through to get to the farm yeah you have to pass through the devil's gate which is a very kind of angular gate it's kind of like you you have to go this way and then you have to make a sharp left and to get into uh, the property where the log cabin is situated. And the the way that I understand it is that it's it's to keep the it's to keep the cows from intruding onto the the the, the cabin yeah. territory. Yeah, the homestead area. But but there's this also sort of superstition that it keeps the devil off your property as well, because apparently Beelzebub cannot make sharp turns. <laughs> is it, wait, is the what is the material the gate's made of? It's it's wood. It's wood slab. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, dual purpose there. Dual purpose. Um, <laughs> that that's a that's a fun tale. Um, the Kruger farm is really um, how a good idea of how rustic things were back then. Um, what 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 would you say it looks like? It's a one room log house. It was uh, built in 1867 from cedar logs, and they were cut at a Bastrop sawmill. And the cabin's single room was obviously the center of family activities. It served as the parlor and a dining room and a bedroom all in one. And so there's a bed in there with a trundle underneath. And the parents slept in the bed and, you know, you could fit two other kids in the in the slide out trundle and then there was a cradle and then there was a loft and so the the krugers raised 13 children in that one yeah, we talked about that in uh pioneer farms episode one yeah that was that was our focus was that wow this is um and and i again and this is the is this the build the there is the outside kitchen right yes there's an out there's an outdoor kitchen and a barn 
and um, uh, a smokehouse in the back as well. Uh, so there were other places to sleep and, and, and kind of a, a nice porch on uh, the front and, and the back as well. So more kids could have slept out on the front and back porch. But the, the 13 kids was not all at once. Um, okay. So do the, my, what I have to say one of my favorite EVPs and the story around that EVP comes from that, um, that location. Can you tell the context of this EVP? Sure. Uh, we were doing a spirit box session and as I was setting it up and was already recording, I heard I heard everyone in my group go, ooh, at the same time. And I was like, what, what, what happened? What happened? And somebody said, oh, it was a shooting star. And I was like, oh, okay. And then somebody from the group came back and, and asked the radio sitting there. They said, did you see the falling star? Did you make a wish? And here's what came back. Did you see the falling star? Did you make a wish? Schmelz is German for luster or glow. That is an intelligent response to the question, did you make a wish? Did you see the falling star? Did you see the falling star? I love that. That also is a video on our YouTube page. And, and see the story. It's also a little video. When Monica's referring to the radio, she's referring to the shack hack. Uh, the shack hack we've talked about before. It just is... It, it's a, a word generator, another form. So let's let's go to the to the Jordan house. Okay, because there's nothing to tell here. <laughs> Here's what's interesting. I all the time will will ask people how how does how do things at the Jordan house here feel different than the Kruger house? Uh, and people always say it's calmer here. It's it's like being at a VRBO. Also, yes. Also known as the Texian farm. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. So the best thing about this particular, um, and, and yes, it's very quiet and it's in the middle of nowhere. And you, you feel it's a very non-noisy psychic phenomena there's no real psychic noise going on there's very calm that interestingly is the only building that was on the property when it became pioneer farms so that was originated you know with with the donation was that that house the house was built by african-american people who were a part of the jordan homestead mm -hmm. homestead and the it's made of hand-hewn big thick cedar logs that were built by was built by the african-american there's a root cellar and that there does not have an outside kitchen but we're pretty sure because we just went through a texas summer that <laughs> there was an outside kitchen um yeah so we don't really have anything about that particular building but except that it's a it's a good good vibe yeah it makes a nice intermission in the middle of the tour where yeah. people sort of catch their breath and and also see what what life was like on the farm way back when in this shotgun style cabin with a breeze yeah. well 
we're back at the bell house um and the bell house is going to be the last place that we talk about on episode two um it is just a really happening place let's go right to the um the activity that happened there with you recently um which was an, an unusual happening yeah uh yeah it was well it was all unusual i'm not sure which would which you're I'm talking about where where you uh, in the back what happened in the back kitchen oh the back kitchen yes so in the kitchen annex there is uh, a separate room where they keep a lot of looms and weaving uh apparatus and uh baskets of cotton and yarn and things like that and there is a spirit back there who will play occasional games with us i think we might have we might have featured the one two three game before i say one and two and i expect them to respond three this guy never responds verbally or or with audio but he will light up three lights on the emf detector but the last time that i was there and leading everybody in i was waiting for them to settle and i picked up a disembodied voice and this the disembodied voice said and I played this for several people and they and they they seem to agree, is I want you to go right back out. And it's said sort of very tersely. I want you right. to go right back out. Let's listen to that. Oh yeah. Right. Okay, so everybody hears different things. Um, listeners, what you hear, we're curious to as well. Yeah, um, but it's uh, the odd thing is that the la- that the first time that I played this audio for my group, I was suddenly overcome with nausea, and I broke out in a profuse sweat. I felt like I was going to pass out. That has never happened to me on an investigation before, even in the heat even in bitter cold, never. And I had to apologize to everyone and say, you can stay in here if you like, but I need to leave. I need to get out in the open air. So it's almost like I was following instructions. I want you to go right back out. Yeah, I did. And so that said, um, before it's important to, to say, that doesn't mean that the bell house ghosts, which we have a lot of interactions with, um, are not happy or it has anything to do with the house itself. There is a group of people on this tour and each one of those individuals has their own attached spirits. So, and I suspect since that's such a unique experience for you, that it was more of a reaction from somebody else on in the group who maybe brought something that the, the bells have repeatedly not been very uh, clear about reacting to people they like and don't like in their house but mostly you had another really unique experience recently where the entire group had the same experience and heard the same thing yes we were in the hallway of the bell house and i got out from my equipment bag a cat ball a cat ball is a little tiny ball with led lights when you push a button on the top the led lights twinkle and as i got the cat ball out it lit up and you'll hear I react, oh, hey, <laughs> like that. You'll hear an, an adult respond, woo, that was not one of us. And then 
tell someone you love it. When I explain my intent to put it down in front of the children's room door and a little girl saying, I love it. And everybody heard it. Okay, let's listen to that. I'll put this right by your room. Oh, oh hello. All right, put that right there for you, okay? All right, put that right there for you. Okay. 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 There you go. There you go. There you go. Danielle Hennington was a guest on the Pioneer Farms Paranormal Investigation, and she was there when the entire group heard a disembodied voice of a child. Glad to be here too. Here, I'll put this right by your room. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> I never even touched it. I'm going to put that right there for you, okay? There you go. Oh, oh my god. gosh! Oh my god! That just gave me chills. That gave me chills. <laughs> that is a child. That's like, voice. wait, wait, you heard it? it like, is. right? Like, I, where is it? Okay, yeah. Oh, what about the ooh? Was that something? Did you hear the before you set it down? I hear ooh. Hold on, let me put this off. It was right, put that right there for you, okay? There you go. There you go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> picked it up. children's room here and there's a there's a little voice that goes ooh like that and and then and then when I put it down and there's a little kid's voice that said that says what found it found it, found it. Found it. Found it. <laughs> but she I'm glad to be here too here I'll put this right by your room oh, oh hello <laughs> I never even touched it I put that right there for you okay there you go there you go. Oh, I love it. It sounds like yes. love it. Yes. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> and it was right when it turned on that you hear the. Yes. Yes. Oh, 
Oh, goosebumps. Fantastic. Fantastic. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. That's pretty astonishing, right? That is pretty amazing. Okay. Then we, I left the cat ball in front of the children's room door. We went to the kitchen annex. And when my group came back, Janine, honest to God, the cat ball was five feet inside the children's room. Oh my God. That must've made everybody on the tour go crazy. (laughs) I was like, did anybody come back in here when we were all in there? And they were like, no. And I said, uh, who moved the cat ball? And and there's a barrier not allowing anybody to go in the children's room. And I had to I had to undo the barrier and take a few steps in to retrieve it before we left. But it was it was really it was really fantastic. Uh, Judge Bell was quite the prolific writer and he was quite the romantic, too. I always feel so good when welcomed when I'm in the bell house. And um, I want to close things up today by reading a poem that he wrote as he was visiting LaGrange one time, and it's called To My Absent Wife. The twilight hour is stealing on, and in the eastern sky, the stars in beauty one by one peep forth to meet mine eye. I sit beside my door and watch the shadows creep along, and from yon walnut's bough I catch the mockingbird's sweet song. Though absent, thou art with me now, I hold thy hand in mine. I press my lips upon thy brow, I press my heart to thine. And this of bliss is but the half, I hear my Evelyn's voice, and little Lucy's merry laugh is mingling with my boys. Yes, I have here my treasures all, my beautiful, my own. Then let the night's dark curtain fall, for I am not alone. <laughs>